Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. If I bleed tonight, if I am sad tonight, I don't have a job to find. And if I work tonight, I'm so tired tonight, I fall asleep when I'm home, when I'm Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Power Slam podcast here, wherever you get your podcasts or on Patreon a day early. My name is Kenny, joined as always by Mr. Finley Martin. Finn, how are you this? Well, it's a rainy day, but let's say it's glorious in feeling. Well, it's pretty glorious here in Lancaster. Who says it's grim up north? Not at the moment, it's not. Yeah, I'm doing very well, Kenny. Yes, just on with my Money in the Bank review. I'm actually taking some time out from that to speak to you. And uh, did the cover yesterday for the uh, next issue, issue 35 of Inside the Ropes magazine. You've seen it, haven't you, Kenny? What a cover. Roman Reigns falls. I mean, it is, it is undoubtedly the biggest story. It has uh, his big loss to the Usos at Money in the Bank. So, yeah, such a good cover. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think people are going to really enjoy it. July 27th, that comes out. So... Certainly does. It certainly does. I mean, in the end, it worked out for the best. I had my title all lined up. Knight's night. If LA Knight had won, he didn't. <laughs> you know, it's worked out for the best, at least for our cover. And maybe for LA Knight's career in the long run as well. Well, yeah, it's, a, it's another stacked issue. You've got the reviews of Forbidden Door, you review Money in the Bank, We've got a, a great article about Transitional Champs, and my interview with Bailey. Uh, there's an Iron Sheik obituary in there, so lots and lots of stuff for people to get, sink their teeth into when it comes out. So savor, yes, to savor. We've got uh, collisions in there, which we will get. We actually talking about collision on the overrun, actually the the ratings. But for today on the Parasan podcast, 
We're going to talk about, talk about Raw, Monday Night Raw. There was a lot of stuff happening on the Post Money in the Bank episode from Baltimore, Maryland. Um, so let's just dive in to what... I mean, we one thing we didn't mention, which we should have given a mention to, and I've not mentioned it on any of the podcasts, which is a, an omission on my part, was uh, obviously Darren Drozdov passed away last week at age 54. Droz obviously had that horrific, um, you know, injury in October 1999, uh, passed away at age 54. Um, I mean, in some ways, I guess it's 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 good that he got to live as long as he did. I know his prognosis was not as long as he has, had been able to live, but um, what did you make when you uh, heard the news that Droz had sadly passed away? Yeah, really sad. I mean, really sad that he's career ended and you know life-changing injury that he suffered in the match with D'Lo Brown back in October 99 I remember that being a huge huge story at the time just devastating that um you know the move would go so badly wrong and you know he would um you know be paralyzed and uh, I remember you know we did an interview with D'Lo Brown about that like years later and he was still he still found it very difficult to talk about the incident, like years later, I think it was about 2004, we did the interview. It was Greg Lambert did the interview, did a really good job on that one, as Greg always did for Power Slam. Um, and uh, yeah, just really sad. I mean, he was um, he came in, didn't he, during the Attitude Era. His gimmick was that he would be sick. I mean, it was you know it was a very different time, and the character was very different, but it was totally fitting, appropriate for the time, wasn't it, Kenny? That sort of character wouldn't really work. In later years, yeah. but it, as a sort of mid-card player, you know, it was ideal for those sort of rebellious times, you know, that the Attitude Era celebrated and represented and championed. And, um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll never know what he could have done, obviously. Um, I mean, when did he debut? Was it late? Was it early 98 or late 97? I think he was. No, early He was 98, wasn't he? It was like May, May of 98 or something. Because he, he he was on TV like a couple of times as, or, or for a little while as draws in his kind of three-quarter length shorts. And then obviously he ended up joining LOD as um as Puke. Oh, of course. Yeah, of Animal course. Animal Hawk and, and what, Puke. What a storyline that was with Hawk, right? Jeez, oh. But... I mean... I mean, talk about very much. I mean, even it wasn't even very much of its time. I mean, that was. I remember even at just the time you knew it was. It was rough. Yeah, I was. I mean, you know, you you expected to be offended by WWF back then, and that went. That was beyond the pale. The whole thing with Hawk, with his drug. You know, obviously he had lots of drug problems, and they just exploited that. I mean, what a time over in WCW. They were mocking Scott Hall's alcoholism. And then in WWF, they were mocking Hawk's drug problems. I mean, it was definitely, you know, it was uh, anything went, didn't it, about then? Pretty much. Yeah, they, I mean, Vince Russo, there was a lot of stuff. There was big things he did that hit, and there was big things he did that obviously did not hit. And this would fall under the not hit category, but... I mean, Dross was a, he was he was a mid-card guy who, if he had stuck... Because obviously then he was doing the stuff with... Uh, Prince Albert at one point, was yes, he not? They were they were a team. Right. Um but yeah, I mean because it's I was saying to uh Alex McCarthy but or or sorry, I can't remember, somebody I was saying to about how the no it's Nick Howes. The person I felt quite sorry for was Dilo because Dilo was actually doing signings in London over Money in the Bank weekend with wrestling shop. So he was sort of signing every day. 
Um, and obviously, because I we we only found out he had died in the arena at SmackDown because the the in memory graphic came up at the beginning of the show, and that was the first I'd heard of it. And I kind of I don't know if Dio was at rest at the wrestling shop on Saturday, but I just think that might have been quite a tough day for him. Oh yes, because you know even rest. I mean, look, we've we've been around wrestling fans. Wrestling fans are great, but wrestling fans also don't always know the right thing to say or yes. how to say it and I just think you know even though Dilo obviously him and Droz had made amends and all that for it because it was an accident but I know Dilo carried that with him a lot yeah a lot and, carried around a lot of guilt over it and I think you know to be in London as part of this kind of big weekend and you're there and you're kind of you know having a great time and then that happens yeah it's just got to be tough oh yeah yeah I can imagine there was you know, some socially clumsy remarks made, you yeah. know, and probably unwittingly, inadvertently. You know, I'm yeah. sure people, because sometimes people don't know what to say, do they? Especially about something so serious as that. And obviously the guy, you know, died age 54. So, um, you know, it's difficult. Let's face it, even when it's a family member or someone you know well, it's very difficult to find the right words to say when someone dies, isn't it? Never mind someone you've never met who was a wrestler who you only saw on TV. Yeah, and then you know you've, you've got the element of obviously, obviously, Dilo feels really bad about it, but it's like, yeah, I, there's just no way that couldn't bring up sort of bad memories for him or, or, or regret or whatever. And I think in some ways, being around wrestling fans in that environment might not have been the best thing for Dilo to have to yeah, go through. That's, but, it. Um, that's it. And obviously, I mean, I, I would, I mean, to me, Draws is probably most famously known for. Uh, for the the beyond the mat scene, where Vince McMahon he was brought in uh, to Vince's office, and he was a former football player, right? He'd been he played yes. football, and the scene was that Vince, so he was able to to vomit on demand. Yeah, and, he's gonna puke. He's gonna yeah. puke, and he had the bin there, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, the thing I always found quite funny was that he never he he couldn't really ever properly puke. He could muster a bit of saliva um which i always found funny because if that's his gimmick you know you you expect him to be able to go for it but um you know the the human body can only do what it can do i guess but uh yeah very sad about draws and um yeah uh, it's i the only solace i guess is that he was able to kind of you know live a fairly long life given what happened to him yeah um anyway let's go into raw uh, Seth Rollins opened the show all in white. He came out, but before he could really get going, I mean, he was kind of talking about money in the bank and the big happenings, but Cody Rhodes came out, and Cody Rhodes, before he could say anything, Brock Lesnar's music hit. He came out, Cody basically left the ring and started brawling with Lesnar. They were fighting, and in the end, Lesnar tries to go for the F5, and Cody hits him with the Cody cutter, um, and Lesnar gets out of dodge, and that was the opening segment of the show. We presume to kick off the Cody-Brock uh, push for SummerSlam. I mean, it was a pretty hot start to the show, and the crowd seemed to really like getting to see all these big names in the opening segment. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, I mean, Seth Rollins was really over. Fans chanting his tune. He said, How sweet was Money in the Bank? And Rollins ran down the big matches at Money in the Bank. He said that he retained the title against Finn Balor by the skin of his teeth which was an alert, yes, this feud will continue. <laughs> and then Cody Rhodes unexpectedly interrupted Rollins. And, um, 
then Brock Lesnar appeared and Cody Rhodes is, you know, hell bent on vengeance, ran at Brock Lesnar. Lesnar pummeled him. They got in the ring and looked like it was curtains for Cody. And then Cody slipped out of the F5, smashed Lesnar on the rebound with a Cody cutter. And Lesnar sold it like Lesnar sells things. He sells things better than anyone else in pro wrestling. He just sold the move. I mean, that move looked like the killer move in pro wrestling. And uh, Lesnar... the sell. I mean, just on the sell on one move. And he, like, was staggering around at rings. That wasn't quite as good as the Drew McIntyre Claymore in the Royal Rumble 2020. I mean, that there was the greatest Lesnar sell, wasn't it? I mean, that was a sell and a half, wasn't yeah. it, Kenny? That yeah, 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 it was fantastic. So, you know, Lesnar backpedaled and um, Cody then left. So, yeah, I was kind of restarting the feud and reminding us that this thing is still ongoing and it's going to, we don't know what the match stipulation is going to be yet at SummerSlam, but we figure it's going to have some some type of street fight or last man standing or some something's going to be attached to it, surely, for the final match between uh, Rhodes and Lesnar. Uh, Rollins then uh, continued to speak in after they left until Damien Priest, Rhea Ripley and Dominic Mysterio, or D- Dirty Dom as he's now known, came out. The new next Yeah, Rhea said that Finn Balor wasn't there. Of course, we knew he was. And then that led to um, a Damien Priest versus Shinsuke Nakamura match, which I've got to say massively exceeded my expectations, Kenny. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, it, it was so much better than I think we thought it was going to be. And I you know, it's, it's interesting. We watched Tanahashi at Forbidden Door, and you kind of think maybe maybe Nakamura's got the right idea. You know, be an American, not really do much. So then you can pull something at the bag when you feel like it, rather than going balls to the wall all the time and then just being gubbed essentially. Yeah. So um, yeah, Nakamura had a really good night in the ring with with Damien Priest, and I think that it helped that Priest had just won the. The briefcase, so obviously there was a kind of a bit more urgency to the match from from the crowd. Yeah, um, yeah. and I think also people now are, are viewing Priest, you know, on a higher level than he was. Yeah, I think wow, this guy's going to presumably challenge Seth Rollins again at some point. Or, uh, but yeah, it was. I was really surprised by how good the match was. Priest won after a big clothesline and south of south of heaven choke slam. Yeah, I thought that was very well done. So and they set up what would happen later on the show as well. Uh, so then we had, you know, we weren't we weren't really getting any room to breathe on Raw because up next Ronda Rousey's out, and she uh, before she can really get going, Shayna Baszler comes out. I mean, it, the battle of the bad makeup on this promo <laughs> fest. My <laughs> God. I mean, I mean are, they, are they trying to outdo each other each week? It's like right, you know, yours looks bad. I can do worse. <laughs> I mean, is that is that the dare each week? You think? I mean, that's that's the only thing that makes sense. I mean, there should be a warrant out for the arrest of this glam squad member that keeps putting these these looks together. Yeah. Um, so Rhonda, basically, Shana comes out. And she says, "We're sick of we're sick of all hearing you talk on a microphone." So I, I think the idea here is that Rhonda's meant to be the babyface and Basil's meant to be the heel, but the crowd did not react that way. They reacted as if. I I, I, I take the opposite view, Kenny, because I mean, obviously Baszler attacked Rousey at Money in the Bank, and you know she seemed like the heel. Mm -hmm. It was a straight betrayal with no warning. You know there was nothing that led up to this. 
And there was a sign in the crowd very visibly on camera, which read, thank you, Shana. <laughs> uh, but Rousey had this really bad tempered expression on her face. So you might think, well, yeah, she would have because her friend has just beaten her up and they've just lost the tag team belts. But it wasn't, she was not really projecting any baby face emotions or sentiments but I mean you know maybe Rosie Rousey's just not capable of doing that anymore I don't know I don't think she but you know she did say in the promo she was going you know if 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 because Basil was saying you know you you're a narcissist you're this you're that and Rosie said well you know if something was wrong why didn't you speak to me you know rather than cost of the tag titles I think the intent initially is that Rosie would be the baby face but I think to your point I don't think she knows how to to be that and also I think the crowd are just so sick of Ronda Rousey that they're getting behind Shayna Baszler. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the the Becky Lynch heel turn at SummerSlam 2018, I think it was, on Charlotte Flair. And the yeah. crowd, do you remember the crowd just did not buy it? They were like, nah, Becky's the baby face here. We don't like Charlotte Flair. And I think with Baszler, I think she's the Becky Lynch in this scenario in that they just don't like Ronda. And they... And, and they, well, I mean, I think they liked Becky a lot more than they liked Shayna. But I think Shayna's just getting this big baby face... Rob, because she's potentially going to get rid of Ronda Rousey. I think people are quite yeah, excited and, at the prospect. And what she said was, "What we what we have all been thinking for months, if not over a year." And mm-hmm. Shana said, "I'm pretty confident that I speak for everyone when I say we are all pretty sick and tired of hearing you try to speak on a microphone." <laughs> it was cheers for that. Uh, she said, "The only thing I owe anybody." Because Rhonda said, well, I, you know, I, I'm owed an explanation as to why you attack me. We've been friends forever. And uh, Shana said, the only thing I owe anybody is an apology for bringing you into this business. <laughs> and people were just cracking up. <laughs> and like Shana said, she paid her dues and Rousey just swanned in straight on to the top. You know, never had to do anything. She'd been doing wrestling for years and... You know, wasn't treated as a star, whereas Rousey was from the first day that she arrived. And then when Rousey responded, her promo was so garbled, it was really difficult to understand what she said. And I just don't understand what the hell's happened to Rousey. But we've been over this many times, Kenny. And it ended up leading to a scrap between Rousey and Shayna. And Shayna clobbered Rousey with this brutal knee. I think the scrap was pretty good, actually. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I agree. It, it, they came across as quite realistic. I mean, the fact that Ronda Rousey, um, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like in some ways, it's like, you know, we've watched that Kevin Nash and Triple H feud on the retro shows, and it's like Nash is supposed to be best friends with Triple H, and he still can't do it well. And that's like Rousey. Rousey's supposed to be best pals with Basil, but she still can't act well with her best friend. Um, but if that, you know, if this is leading to Ronda and Shayna at SummerSlam with Shayna beating her, I'm all for it. Like, yeah. let's just get rid of her. Yeah, I agree. Hopefully, that'll be the end of Rousey. And you know, if she puts her friend over on the way out, which I hope she does, I mean, at least she'll achieve something. Maybe Shayna can, you know, have that run we've been wanting her to have as a singles player after she beats Rousey. You know, maybe that could propel her to greater heights and she'll have more confidence in herself as a result of beating Rousey in a well-received match. We shall see. Uh, we did have, we did end up getting new number one contenders for the women's tag team titles. Sonia Deville and Chelsea Green won a tag team turmoil match, which was basically a gauntlet. Um, yeah. They defeated all the teams. They defeated 
Candice Lorraine and Andy Hartwell. They defeated Nikki Cross and Emma. Dana Brooke and Tegan Knox, and then uh, Katana Chance and Caden uh, Carter. I mean, yeah. I think it was it was Katana Chance who performed the Hurricanrana on the Chelsea Green. I thought, I mean, that was what a move that was. Oh, looked tremendous. I mean, you know, Daredevil. Talk about fearless. And um, what a shame that Carter and Chance, you know, didn't, didn't get the win here. You know, <laughs> yes. and in, you know, instead we had like two heels who started this thing and won the whole thing. You know, they didn't, they beat everyone. And Also, uh, it's, I mean, wh- what does it tell you about how they feel about the women's division? That there were, so one, two, three, four, five, five, six teams, five teams, whatever it was. And this gauntlet lasted 11 minutes, 55 seconds. Yeah. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. You know, but then also, I mean, Nikki, Nikki Cross and Emma, Dana Brooke and Tegan Knox, you know, they're they're not teams. You know, they're just people who are being thrown together. It's like tag team wrestling is something that's as an art form. People need to get experience together to be able to work together. And if you don't have that, I mean, also Dana Brooke, she's double working against her because she's so terrible. So it's like it's destined to kind of be nothing. Yeah. I mean, and then the, the one role, team you've got, to your point, the one team you've got is Caden Carter and Katana Chance. Who are the, the kind of team that should have won? Yeah, I mean, you know, people were behind them in their TV match with Rousey and Baszler. I mean, I think they're a really good team. They teamed for a long, long time in NXT with tag team champions there. I mean, you know, the Hungry, they won it, you know, all those things. And they've got double team moves, they wear the outfits, you know, they've got the band, you know, they've got the whole package as a tag team. I just would like to say, Indy Hartwell, I think this was her first match since she recovered from the injury, and she looked rotten. Uh, she teamed with uh, Candice LeRae. I mean, you know, I, was, I wasn't I was a huge fan of Indy Hartwell in um, <clears throat> NXT, and I always knew she was going to struggle on the main roster, and after that performance, you know, uh, she needs she needs to up her game. She's going to appear on Raw again, otherwise she'll end up on main event with the rest of them. So I thought Emma looked decent. She teamed with uh, Nikki Cross and they lost to Chelsea and Sonia. Um, Danny Brooke and Tegan Knox didn't really show me anything. Um, and in the end, Green pinned Carter. So Green and uh, Chelsea Green and Sonia Deville and Union One contenders to Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez, who were watching from ringside. So this is not an inspirational match. I mean, who really cares about Chelsea Green and Sonia Deville versus? Raquel and Liv match. Not me. No, the minority is 
the minorities for the answer there. Um, but we did, after this, we did get Becky Lynch doing a promo with Trish Stratus and Zoe Stark. I thought Trish was an absolute riot here. I mean, the face protector is just tremendous. Uh, the fact that she said she had a doctor's appointment at 9.30pm on a Monday night is just <laughs> such a good heel detail. I mean, Trish is having such a laugh doing this, isn't she? Yeah, she is. I mean, you probably can get a doctor's appointment at that time in Baltimore, Maryland, let's be honest, but it'll cost you. We know that. Yeah, you'll need to have a pretty high level of insurance to to get (laughs) one of those. That's it. Good job Trish has gone back and done some work with WWE. She probably (laughs) wouldn't be able to afford it otherwise. Um, I mean, I actually thought that Stratus' nose did look slightly bruised in that Money in the Bank match. Like something did happen to her in that match. I'm not sure if she does have a broken nose, but... She looked like looked like something happened in that match anyway. Um, but yeah, there was, was a lot of fun. No one lost the way on the promo here. You know, Trish did most of the talking. Zoe Stark stood there and looked menacing. And um, Zoe and Becky will clash on next week's Raw. That's what this all was leading to. And we imagine that Trish and Becky will have their final match at SummerSlam. Yeah, and I, I mean, I didn't think they would be able to make this kind of last as long as they have. But they, they, they really have. They've been able to make it feel like it, you know, the story's progressed. Zoe Stark's been a good addition to it because she's kind of allowed, you know, so she's facing Becky next week. So that's a, another way to kind of stall the storyline. So, you know, I, I don't know if she's able to, but for me, if, if Trish wants to stick around and maybe do something on SmackDown with somebody after this, I wouldn't be opposed to it because she has been so fun as a heel in this program. And she just feels so much better than a lot of the heels they've got because she just she's got the confidence and I think because she because of who she is she doesn't need to go crazy she doesn't need to do loads in the ring so if uh, for me Trish if you want to stick around I welcome it yeah yeah I mean I've got to say you know I've done a U-turn on Trish um I was not at the beginning I was opposed to this return but she's really brought it in in promos and matches as well. I thought she did, you know, really well at Night of Champions. I thought she she had a good night at Money in the Bank, and um, you know, she's with Zoe Stark, who hopefully will make some progress as an associate of Trish Stratus's. We'll see about that. Mm-hmm. But it's um, and I think you know Becky Lynch at times seemed really disgruntled. She seemed really like oh. You know, this is like, what What did I do to deserve this? But I think now, I think Becky does see the value in it. And I think she's, I imagine she's really looking forward to the SummerSlam match. And I imagine she's, you know, wanting to really deliver in what I assume will be the final match of their feud. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's good stuff. And um, we also, speaking of the, the female contingent on the roster, we did have the in-ring debut officially of Maxine Dupree, who teamed with uh, Chad and Otis against Eric Ivar and Valhalla. And who knew that Maxine Dupree is over? When she did the, the her version of The Worm here, the crowd were really into it. And I think they've got something with Chad and Otis and Maxine together. Um, I mean, the Viking Raiders, you know my feelings on them. You know, I've just... I would I would happily run away from anything they're involved with because they just bore me to tears. But I'm a big fan of Chad Notice with Maxine now, and uh, yeah, I hope they continue. What did you make of Maxine's debut? Yeah, I mean, I know the Viking experience has never agreed with you, has it, Kenny? You yeah. like your home comforts. You I like do. I comforts. do. Let's be honest. Just be honest. They're just so rubbish. 
they just look rubbish. They come across rubbish. I, I think I, the only way they can really work is if they do the comedy. But they've, they've got to they've, they've got to sort of do the comedy, and it's kind of what the alphas are doing now, and that's what's really got them over, over as baby faces. And we knew that. Yeah. You know, as soon as they went for the turn, it was going to work because Chad and Otis have got so much personality. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought Maxine did all right here. She was only in the ring briefly. Um, I hope they don't rush her into one-on-one matches. That's all I can say. But I mean, yeah, as, as an act, I, I've been a huge fan of the Alphas for a long time. I think they're really good. I think they're loads of fun. Um, you know, I've, I thought their feud with their program with Randy Orton and Matt Riddle last year, or Riddle last year, was just you know one of the highlights of the of the beginning of 2022. I think it was just so much fun, and um, yeah, th- this was a success. I thought Maxine she didn't. I thought she did well here. You know, she was only in briefly, and that's the way it should have been. And she did everything that was asked of us asked of her fairly well. And uh, yeah, I think I think she can certainly be a star. I mean, she looks the part. Let's be honest. She looks the part. Also, massive. I mean, I know this is like praise that is obvious, but. Uh... Chad Gable was so great in this match. Oh, like, it's, it's such a ring general, isn't he? You know, he's yeah. just he just knows what to do and where to be, and never and... a missed moment with him. He's never no. out, of, out of position. He's never and like I think we, I think you just notice it more because he's so like in this match he was the general of the whole thing, and um, yeah, I really I really enjoyed it. Um, we then had Rhea Ripley versus Natalia for the world women's world title. Easy for me to say. And um, this was actually quite good. Natalia was effective for once. And um, yeah, there seemed to be getting quite good reviews online, Finn. But the F Martin barometer is quite high. Did Natalia manage to break through it? Yeah, I mean, I you know, I like to think that I'm as objective as a person can be. Some people are probably like scoffing at that notion. Uh, but I mean, you know, we've We've mocked Natalia a lot in the past. No doubt we will again in the future. But she just gets a double thumbs up from me here for this performance against Rhea. I think Rhea's great. I think she's so much fun at ringside with Dominic Mysterio, Dirty Dom. And I love the way she just massively, you know, reacts when Dom's selling and she's like there just like horrified at ringside it just cracks me up for some reason i don't know why it was a bit this just sorry to interrupt you but i meant to bring this up seeing the opening the, well not the open the second promo when it was judgment day and seth there was a bit where damien priest said finn's not here tonight and there was this great little interaction that was like off mic with ria where dom and clearly went Finn's not here, where is he? And Rhea was going, yeah, he's not here, don't worry about it, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And this little interaction took place between them that was responding to Priest but not on the mic. And I was like, it's so clever. And it's just, you know, even when she's not on, she's not the one that we're supposed to be focusing on, if you do focus on her, she's still doing the work, which I think is really impressive. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, she's she just the whole package. And the, the stuff that she's been doing at ringside with Dom, I mean, she's a huge part of the success yeah. of the Dominic Mysterio package. Um, you know, when they split, I mean, maybe Dom will be all right. I think he probably will be, but I know Rhea's going to do so well when she turns face because people already want to cheer her. And when yeah. she turns face, she's going to be huge. Um, I mean, I like the way that it looked like Rhea might lose here um, when Natalia replied the sharpshooter. Ripley really sold it. But, you know, she didn't devalue herself. She didn't. There was nothing in this match where she 
you know, really demeaned her status as a champion or a top star. I mean, Natalia, for all the losses, you know, has been around for a very long time, you know, and is established. So it's not like she's a jobber, even though she does lose a lot. But yeah, I thought it was really well done. Uh, Ripley won after Riptide. It just, it felt like a very sort of respectful layout to Natalia. You yeah. know, I mean, she's just won all those Guinness World Records, Kenny. You know, <laughs> they've got to show her some respect. Yeah, got to give her something. I, I think actually I was reading that um, Raw had a pretty decent rating this week, given all the, in fact, it was July 4th and all that, but the, the Rhea Natalia match topped 2 million viewers. Wow. So, there you go. Very impressive. Natalia's a draw. Don't, yeah, don't, I mean, don't tell her that. Don't tell her that. <laughs> That's it. Write that one down. So, yeah, Ripley pasted Natalia afterwards, and Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan made the same. So, yeah, I'm we not got sure where that's going. Yeah, because we got a little backstage segment right after that with EO Sky kind of teasing the briefcase to Rhea. She's like, you know, it'll be the worst thing you ever do. And then she's t- talking to Judgment Day. I mean, I know that Raquel and Rhea have done some stuff in NXT before, but if Raquel Rodriguez is going to go up against Rhea Ripley in, in her current iteration, Smiley Raquel is not enough. She needs to bring way more to the table yeah. if she's going to have a hope of sort of hanging with Rhea Ripley and not just being another challenger that gets, you know, beaten quite easily. Because Raquel's got stuff. We've seen her before. And she's, and I, don't know if, I don't know if people backstage are telling her you need to smile and be happy, but, like, it is not working. We've talked about this loads. And yeah, it's just it's just a second match, you know, smiley baby face, isn't it? Like, yeah. from the 1980s. You know, I mean, it's 2023. And know, what so. got her over, what got her over in NXT was she was a badass. She, she was, was yeah. She was. She, yeah. So um, then we had the, uh, so we, we did have Drew McIntyre come out after a, after a Riddle beatdown from Imperium after Riddle had beaten Giovanni Vinci. And Drew came out and made the save and we got another face off with him and Gunther. Um, so they're slowly building that. And then Riddle and McIntyre agreed to face Imperium next week. And um I mean, what I thought was a good indicator for Drew is that he got a massive reaction in Baltimore. It wasn't in the UK. He was in Baltimore and he got that main event level player reaction. So that's got to be good for him to have gotten that, I think. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. And, you know, Drew McIntyre and Matt Riddle have agreed to team up next week on Raw. So, I mean, you know, Riddle needs somebody to work with because the singles thing's you know, not succeeding for him at the moment, the, as we saw at Money in the Bank when he was beaten handily by Gunter. So um, so they're going to team up next week. So that'll be Drew's return to action on television morning next week. Yes, his first match back since WrestleMania. So um, we then had Seth Rollins and Dominic Mysterio in the main event. But of course, the big story was that in the end, uh, we saw Finn Balor's return. Um, because uh, Finn comes out, so we end up getting Finn and Damian Priest kind of going against each other. Um, you know, because because Dominic Mysterio after the DQ finish, Dominic says to the beat down Seth, and Dominic tells Damian, you know, you should cash in, you should do it. And as he's about to do it, uh, Balor comes out of nowhere, attacks Rollins, and then we've kind of got Rollins and we, we Rollins manages to get away because yeah. Balor and Priest are fighting while Dom's trying to. You know, keep the peace, and Dom ends up getting taken out with pedigree for his trouble. So, um, they're definitely furthering the the tension with Judgment Day. Yeah, yeah. He said, you know, Bala said to to um, to Priest that he would have beaten Rollins at Money in the Bank had Priest not distracted him from ringside. And Priest is saying, you know, you've ruined my Money in the Bank contract. Cash in. So, um, 
yeah, I mean, it's, um, I suppose, you know, in, in a way, this is similar to what, what has gone on or is going on with the bloodline, but this is over in, on Raw, so it is different, I guess. Um, I mean, it's be a shame if the bloodline, sorry, the uh, Judgment Day uh, breaks up because I think it's a really good act and I think there's more they can do. I'd like to see them stick it out until probably October and November before they do the big split. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's an interesting story and... Will Balor receive a rematch with Rollins at SummerSlam? Possibly. Will he be the demon there? Maybe. I don't know. Um, I think with Priest, I didn't really think it was a good idea for him to win the briefcase. But after seeing the match with Nakamura, I'm warming to the idea that they, you know, obviously they've given him the briefcase. It's like, well, maybe this is going to be all right. You know, maybe this could be good for him after, you know, I mean, I'm not sure. But, I mean, yeah, hopefully they won't rush the split of Judgment Day because I think they've got more to do together as a quartet. Yeah. Um, and to break them up, like, within the next few weeks, I think would be would be a waste. Yeah, I would agree. I think break it. I don't think they should break them up. And I think, you know, you could even do something where somebody gets booted out of the group and the rest stay together. You know, you could always go down that route if you want to, down the line. So, uh, but I just, I hope that some of the kind of levels of attention the Bloodline storyline has got is afforded to the Judgment Day because they have been a great act over this last year. And uh, I think they deserve a good a good kind of breakup story, if that's what, where it's going. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, no sign of JD McDonough. And, no. and more importantly, Kenny, what's happened to Rick Boogs? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could honestly say... He has not entered my brain until you brought him up, which is probably not a great sign. But you know, maybe him and Elias are thinking of thinking of ways to dominate the tag team division. <laughs> if I mean, if there was if there was news that a, a release call was coming, I don't know if I'd be wanting to answer my phone if I was Elias. But <laughs> well, exactly. That's it. Yeah, I just had my phone on charge and dropped, <laughs> it, down, dropped it down the toilet. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, well, anyway, listen, that's all the time we've got for today. We will be back with an overrun talking some of the, the news that's going on in the world of wrestling, including the retirement of Jerry McDevitt and um, the collision numbers and lots more. So we'll be over on Patreon, uh, covering that, patreon.com forward slash Inside the Ropes. So do go to pre-order the new issue of Inside the Ropes magazine, issue 35, insidetheropesmagazine.com. Belted of a cover, lots of stuff in there. Um, you know, it's funny, we talked earlier about... Um, you know, our feelings on Ronda Rousey. Well, Bailey has some feelings on Ronda in my interview with her. So I think that will be interesting reading for people as well. So, um, yes. Finn, I look forward to our overrun chat. And then the weekend, the weekend ahead. Yes, 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 definitely. And um, actually, you know, no big shows this weekend. So next week, it just seems we've had so many big shows recently. And next week's going to be, I mean, it's always stuff happening. So it's not like we'll be stuck for things to talk about, but no big shows this weekend. So, no. which will which will kind of be nice for us to get a little bit of a break from yes. having to consume so much, you know? Because that's the problem is we have to kind of consume the content fairly quickly. Otherwise, there's no point in talking about it. So, exactly. Uh, anyway, thank you so much for your support, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.